feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita, because your perfume is smelling sweet. Some new poll numbers tonight are showing that President Trump's lead over his GOP challengers and over the current president of the United States are widening. And now we are seeing President Trump ahead of Biden. Depends on the poll anywhere from four to six percentage points. That's a sizable uh, change because before he always went behind him. And then in the last week or two, he was tied And now we're seeing in virtually every poll, he is ahead of President Biden. President Biden, uh, for the record book, is now one of the, now the president with the lowest approval rating as a sitting president. Uh, So that's not really anything to brag about. And Jimmy Carter is sitting there smiling, saying, see, I wasn't that bad after all. There's somebody worse than me. And certainly Joe Biden is bleeding when I say, uh, you look at the numbers with Democrats. He has lost 12 percentage points in Democrats. Democrats are saying they don't want him. Also, independents, African-Americans, Hispanics. He's losing in a lot of almost every single key demographic he is losing in. And that's because people are seeing the world's on fire right now. They're going, wait a minute. You got Ukraine. You got, of course, what's going on in Israel. You got a wide open southern border as we're talking about. Things are so crazy. It's like, who's running the show? Is he really the president of the free world? Or is he just a puppet sitting there watching the world explode and doing nothing? And weak American leadership creates chaos in the world. And I think what's going on right now is an exact example of that. There have been so many strikes going on. These U.S. ships and other ships, for example, in the Red Sea, also attacks on U.S. troops in Iraq and in Syria. It's close to 100 now. I think it's 97 or 98 strikes. And so far, we have not really responded. We took out two empty warehouses and I think six minor league terrorists. So we've done really nothing. And over the weekend, things were so bad that now a whole bunch of shipping lines are coming out and saying that they don't want to ship in the Red Sea. They have to actually now go around many, 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 many miles because they do not feel safe in the Red Sea because of these Iranian proxy groups. And they just don't feel like they're getting enough cover from the United States. And U.S. certainly isn't putting uh, these groups in their place. By the way, this was interesting. Earlier today on Cats and Cosby, we were talking with Victoria Coates, for example. She is the former national security advisor under President Trump. And she was saying that as soon as Biden took office, like in 2021, he almost immediately took the ranking. This is the qualification, which was calling the Houthis. These are these Iranian-backed proxy groups in Yemen, took them off the terrorist list. In other words, they're no longer a terrorist group because the White House took them off. Isn't that incredible? They actually, I mean, why would you ever do that? So I asked her, you know, why Why would they ever do that? Why would you ever take a group that has clear terrorism ties? They're backed by Iran. 
And she said, that's exactly why this administration was trying to curry favor and continues to still curry favor with Iran and doesn't want to put its foot down. And case in point, over the weekend, all of these different attacks that are taking place from these Hootsie rebel groups that are still not listed as a terrorist group. Thank you, President Biden. Can you imagine an American president comes in and one of the first things he does is take a terrorist group off the list of being qualified terrorist groups for sanctions and all these other steps, making them not terrorists technically anymore? I mean, could you be a bigger appeaser in chief? That was a stunning comment. And so over the weekend, here is Congressman Chris Van Hollen, because he was saying that, oh, don't worry, eventually we'll show Iran or we'll show the Hootsies who's boss. Uh, But he said certain things have to happen first. This sounded like such a wimp. Listen to this. I worry a lot about escalation, uh, both in the Red Sea area with with the Houthis. And as you say, we've shot down uh, their drones. We also have to keep an eye on the northern front uh, with Hezbollah. This Mm -hmm. is why why President Biden sent two aircraft carriers uh, groups uh, to the region to prevent that kind of escalation, to send a message to Iran, to Hezbollah and others. So, look, I think that the administration has been smart in terms of how it's responded uh, to those attacks. But but clearly the risk of an American uh, being killed uh, in the process uh, is high. And that would obviously create a, a, a big response from the United States. So if there's an American killed, then there'll be a big response. Wouldn't you want to do something to prevent that from happening as opposed to always be in this reactionary phase? That seems to be par for the course with this administration. Let's not do anything. Let's appease these terrorist groups and the snake of the terrorists, the Iranian regime, the mullahs there, right? Let's do all of that. And then if they kill an American, then maybe you'll finally see some reaction. I mean, this is just pathetic. And it comes as now we are hearing more and more people that are close to the Biden administration really throwing Israel under the bus. Israel is being told privately and pretty much publicly, hurry up. You only have a little bit of time left to continue to wipe out Hamas. Uh, Stop these, quote, indiscriminate bombings. They are like criticizing Israel publicly at a time where the war is so fragile. And the, you know, the situation is so delicate. And they're trying to get into these tunnels now. Uh, They're trying to do whatever they can to eradicate Hamas. And you can't do it with one hand tied behind your back. And supposedly your greatest allies, you know, out there trashing you. Listen to what Chris Coons had to say. Uh, this is the U.S. Senator. He is from Delaware and very close to President Biden. Listen to what he had to say about Netanyahu. Prime Minister Netanyahu has been an exceptionally difficult partner. Uh, and I think President Biden did the right thing right after the shattering, the horrific attack by Hamas to go to Israel to stand strong with Israel, and frankly, to send a firm message to Iran to stay out of this conflict. He deployed two aircraft carrier battle groups to the region so that Israel could focus on its self-defense against Hamas and not face an open attack from Hezbollah on the north or Houthis on the south uh, or Iranian forces uh, up on the Golan Heights. What has been a real challenge is the big gap between most of us in Congress and the president who believe a two-state solution is the only way forward and Prime Minister Netanyahu who has done everything he can to undermine a positive vision for peace for Israel. Because Netanyahu is saying, how can we have the Palestinian Authority, which hasn't denounced Hamas and what happened on October 7th, 
how can we kind of have them in control of Gaza? That actually makes a little bit of sense. That's like saying, you know what, um, those people who support bin Laden, we're going to put them um, in Connecticut right next to New York. And you two just get along. I mean, that is just, it is the most ludicrous statement I have ever heard. And yet, what a difference it makes when you listen to somebody like President Trump, who over the weekend was in Reno, Nevada, and he sounded a lot more like Reagan uh, compared to uh, Rumble Stilchkin, uh, President Biden. Take a listen. We will once again have peace through strength when we become the 47th president of the United States, all of us. And I am the only candidate who can make this promise to you. I will prevent World War III. And we're very close to World War III. We're very close. We have never been closer to World War III. We have a man who's grossly incompetent and corrupt leading these, not even negotiate. There's not even negotiating. There's nothing to negotiate. They're not negotiating. There's nothing happening. And we're in a very dangerous position. We are in a very dangerous position. I 1,000% agree. Look at the way the world is. I mean, the world is like falling apart in three short years. We're on the verge of World War III in a couple different spots. And we have a president who seems to be the appeaser in chief. And here's President Trump talking about the border and illegal aliens, even though Stan said he didn't use the word illegal aliens. He did, Stan. Take a listen. They're all being dumped into the, we're like a dumping ground. It's not going to, not going to last long. For the past three years, crooked Joe Biden and the ultra radical left Democratic extremists in Congress have turned America into a haven for bloodthirsty criminals, savage gang members like MS-13. Very nice people. We're sending them back at levels that you've never, you know, we set records on sending MS-13 back by the thousands we sent them back. Now they stay here in luxurious conditions. They stay here now in better conditions than our vets. Our vets aren't treated good, but MS-13. MS-13, the gangs that cross the border. Uh, Let's go to Pat. I understand she's got an update on the uh, 500 bikes that Stan was talking about. Go ahead, Pat. Hey, Rita, it's Pat. Merry Christmas from Monolfa, Connecticut. I was one of the town, the cities that were taken over by those stupid cars and uh, punks. They uh, hit Shelton two nights in a row or the same night. They went to Derby. They went to North Haven and New Haven. And uh, the the FBI and the state police and the governor knew about it. And uh, one of the cops in Milford got uh, attacked. His car vandalized and uh they were throwing fireworks at people and, and stuff like that. And the governor told them to stand down. It wasn't bikers. It was, it was um, those street racer punks. And uh, But they were kids. Sure I mean, I, let me just ask you, just to clear the air, because Dan was like making it sound like it was some ominous, uh, like it was like Hamas coming through. I mean, these were just, what, a bunch of kids, right? Uh, they actually were kind of like Hamas coming through because. Oh, Okay. I, I talked to Curtis the other night, and Curtis on the station is the only one that talked about it. And, I mean, this is big news. None of the other news stations in Connecticut or even National covered it. And it's going to hit every 
But now, so who were they? Who were just so we're clear? Because this is interesting. I because I didn't hear it until. So I'm I'm I want to learn about it. Who were these people on these bikes, and what were they doing there? We're we're not sure. The 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 FBI knew about it, and nobody's really talking about it. But now, why do you say uh, they were like Hamas? What what's uh, who were they? I mean, were they? They were they they injured the cop. There's one cop in Milford by himself. But were they local residents? Were they from out of town? Who were they, Pat? We we think they were from all over. We think they were from all over, and um, they Did, were they carrying any and, signs, or was was there a reason they were doing this? No, they stopped medical care in North Haven on one of the busiest roads in North Haven. Um, traffic was backed up on uh, I ninety one, I ninety five, Route eight. It, it was terrible. Were they pro Palestinian, or were they? Were there was there any message behind this protest? There is no message. It was just a group of kids, but they're they're like terrorists. Yeah, and that I is scary. No, and I hear you. Day. That's why I like to learn because I did not hear about it. Um, if but- you listen to Curtis, if you listen to his podcast, he mentioned that Saturday night he was the only radio host that talked about it. Yeah, I'll definitely take a listen because, you know, I think, you know, given all the crazy things that are going on in the world, um, you know, it, you wonder yeah. what's going on. And was it a bunch of kids just sort of threatening? Was it a group? Either way, that's really interesting. I'll definitely take a and, listen. And, and the governor told them to stand down, the police to stand down. Oh, wow. Well, maybe they didn't, you know, look what they do with the protests. Look what they do with the people that say, uh, kill the Jews. They tell them to they stand down. You know? one, I mean, one friend made a suggestion and they should have brought in the fire department, hose them down. Yeah, there you go. Give them a give them a shower. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, a public yeah. path. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate the update. Really interesting stuff. Uh, let's go to BJ. Uh, BJ, what do you make of all this stuff? Also, um, you know, obviously scary if suddenly 500 bikers. Uh, but, you know, l- let me just tell you also what was going on in New York tonight. In the middle of all this, BJ, uh, Grand Central Station was overtaken by pro-Palestinian protesters. Port Authority they tried to get into. They tried to get into the New York Times again. Then they got into Penn Station. They actually went after actor Alec Baldwin, who was walking down the street, happened to be walking down the street. And then they got into some verbal altercation. But but uh, they're trying to, like, stop down traffic. The last week they stopped down traffic in L.A. on the, you know, 101. I mean, that's so bad. Well, Merry Christmas, Rita. Uh, peace on Earth and goodwill to towards all men, yes. even, uh, even uh, uh, Holocaust deniers like Stan, who uh, once again compared Trump to Hitler. Yeah, I, uh, by the way, I, the I hate when they do that. And listen, Stan is Jewish. He's actually been very good about condemning some of this anti-Semitism in school. But everything is like orange man bad, right? I mean, it's like he still doesn't change yeah. his motto. Well, look at the world by comparison to when Trump ran the show and uh, Joe Biden who's on perennial perennial va- vacation. Look, w- fish thinks from the head down. This is this every on every corner and every aspect in every orifice of our life. Uh, the sharks are out, uh, whether it's uh, internationally or domestically. You have this situation. This goes on in this city all the time. And then you have these fakers like this uh, Eric Adams getting up saying, oh, I need help from Washington. Pal, you brought all of this misery here. You have our beautiful hotels taken over by illegal alien criminals that, are, that, that we now work for. We work for them now. 
You understand? We pay taxes for them. They'll raise our uh, commuting costs for this uh, congestion pricing, but they won't stop any of them from jumping over the turnstile. This is a total takedown of our country, what's going on. And people are just too, they're either too strung out on their phone or whatever they are to, to, to bother. Yeah, no, you're right. People do need to kind of wake up uh, because it is costing New York an enormous amount. And it's going to get really ugly because the budget battle has just started just heating up. And they're going to have to find the money from somewhere. And Eric Adams is saying, listen, even raising taxes is not off the table uh, and it's, people are going, whoa, 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 wait, uh, you're not moving the migrants. They're staying and you're raising taxes and you're thinking about cutting some critical city services. Uh, I mean, this, uh, this, I really feel like we're in alternate universe time, BJ. I think you hit it right on. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. You can never go wrong with a little bit of Duran. Let's go to Dan in Ohio. You've been waiting patiently about the border. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, Thanks, Rita. The cartel are like terrorists on our border, similar to Hamas. Mayor Adams needs to ship all illegals, plus these other cities, down to Governor Abbott and let him shoot them over to Mexico. Because Mexico is part of this illegal crime. Yeah, if Mexico you know, won't take these illegals, then we put a blockade on all products made in Mexico. I, you know what? I hear you, Dan. You got to get tough with Mexico, and you're right. Uh, they are more than happy for them to be crossing into the United States for us to take care of them. They're doing nothing. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
And in tonight's Support Our Hero segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our great military and also their families. I love doing this segment. This is a really beautiful story coming from Culpeper, Virginia, where 100-year-old Culpeper World War II Army veteran Richard Francis Brainy, who served meritoriously at the Battle of the Bulge in Europe nearly 80 years ago, recently received the Bronze Star Medal. An American Legion post coordinated the formal presentation of the prestigious award to the U.S. Army veteran at his home. The centenarian served with the 84th Infantry Division Rail Splitters as part of a fighting force of more than a million Allied troops defending against the German counteroffensive in the Ardennes Forest of Belgium, December 1944 to January 1945. It was five months before war's end in Europe. Now, conditions were so brutal, around 20 degrees, snow-covered fields and forests, bombardments, enemy contact, soldiers freezing to death. The U.S. Army lost approximately 19,000 men in the six-week battle known as the Battle of the Bulge. It was the United States' deadliest single World War II battle. And asked how he felt to get the Bronze Star Medal many decades later for his service at that moment. He said, it is astonishing, a moment I will never, ever forget. And for me, whenever I hear the Battle of the Bulge, I get very sentimental, guys, uh, because some of the men who survived that incredible, heroic, frostbitten battle, as we heard so much about, ended up in my father's POW camp in World War II. And my father remembers them coming into the camp looking so haggard and many of them uh, absolutely freezing uh, from sleeping outside. Uh, These are some of the ones that were ultimately captured and taken to that Nazi camp along where my father also was. And he said it was just very difficult to watch them being marched in as well. So I think so much of the heroes of that time And we always love honoring them here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, we are talking about the polls. And as we're talking about immigration and what a disaster it is and so many issues going on in this country. I mean, could the country, could the world be like erupting in more places? You know, we've got these Yemen, uh, Iranian-backed Houthis firing on U.S. ships so much that they're closing the Red Sea. You've got... Everything that's going on, of course, in Israel, you've got everything that's happening to the U.S. bases in Iraq and Syria. You've got Ukraine. You've got, of course, our wide open southern border. You've got so many problems right now. Uh, we got our crazy economy. You got so many things. So it's no surprise that now suddenly President Biden, especially in the last few weeks, has been just plummeting in the polls. And President Trump, no matter what they throw at him, no matter how many indictments they try to throw at him, he's still standing. And over the weekend, he was in Reno, Nevada. First, he did an event in a very kind of heavily Durham, uh, New Hampshire. That's very much a Democratic stronghold. He did it at the University in North uh, New Hampshire, and it's a big arena. He packed the place. Again, it's a Democratic stronghold. He packed it. I mean, it was like, you know, it looked like a, like a Beatles concert. There were so many people in there. And all I kept thinking about is, boy, what a far cry that is from President Biden. And then he moved on to Nevada. Um, later on this week, he's going to be in Iowa. 
because, of course, the Iowa caucus, which is the first big contest, that comes up in less than a month. Then right afterwards, you go to New Hampshire, then you go to South Carolina, um, and really you're in the full throes of the campaign season. And yet he seems to be going up, up, up in the polls. Now, Nikki Haley, in one of the polls, in a couple of the polls for New Hampshire, has been kind of taking a lead for second place. She was behind DeSantis, but some of the new polls are showing that she's actually taking a little bit of a lead over DeSantis, especially in New Hampshire, as sort of the Trump alternative, if you will. Still a far cry from where Trump is, but it looks like she's sort of separating herself from the pack, at least in some of the New Hampshire polls, from DeSantis. And Donald Trump, in his classic Donald Trump style, uh, took a swipe at his GOP challengers over the weekend. And wait till you hear what he said about Chris Christie. But first, here's what he said about Nikki Haley and DeSantis. The Harvard-Harris poll just came out today, has us leading Republican primary field by 56 points. This is leading. This is leading. This is leading by 56 points, with Trump at 67 percent. Rhonda Sanctimonious at 11, and Nikki Haley at 10. Where's the surge? Where's the surge? They kept saying, oh, she's surging. She went down a point, and I went up 10 points last week, and they do a story that she's... And she is surging compared to him. So if you read the story, that's what they meant. Because I'm like 70 points above them. If you read the story, she meant they meant... She's surging compared to the sanctimonious. But you have to read the story. But it said, Haley surges compared to, not compared to me, because I went up, the new Fox poll just came up. I guess I went up like seven or eight points, nine points. She went up two points, three points, and he's either even or went down. Then they say she's surging because she went up a couple of points on him, but she went way down compared to me. This, I'll tell you what, the media is so fake. They're so terrible. So terrible. <laughs> it was classic Trump style. And then uh, I got to play this because when he said it live, I went, oh, my goodness. Boy, did he have some salvos for Governor Chris Christie. Take a listen to this. And who oppose? Oh, he says, what about Chris? Please, sir, do not call him a fat pig. We cannot call. He says, what about Christie? He's a fat pig. You can't, you can't call. No, look. Please do not call Chris Christie a fat pig. Okay? It's not appropriate. Because you're not allowed to use the word fat. Use the word pig, but you can't use the word. No, we don't want to call him that. I don't want to call him that. Oh, and... Now he also had some good salvos for the current president. Joe Biden and the Democrat Party are incapable of solving any problem. There's not a problem they've been able to solve. Crooked Joe is a low... You know this. Did you ever hear this? Crooked Joe is a low IQ individual. And he is truly the worst, most incompetent, and most corrupt president in the history of our country. In fact, in fact, Jimmy Carter is very happy because he looks like a brilliant 
That was a brilliant administration by comparison to what you have right now. Very, very brilliant indeed. Ouch. Classic Donald Trump. He does have a point, though, on how much he is dominating the race, uh, because that is accurate. One of the new polls shows overall he is 67 percentage points compared to, again, DeSantis, as you heard, at 11. That is a stunning, stunning uh, advantage. I mean, that's that's like unheard of. There has never really been somebody at this point that would have that much of a clear-cut lead as he has. And yet, uh, you hear like Nikki Haley and some of these others saying, you know what, why doesn't he come to debate me? Why is it, what's he afraid of? They're trying to bait him, uh, which is ridiculous. Uh, but I want to play this. This is cut 14. And this is Nikki Haley over the weekend saying, you know, what is Trump afraid of? I mean, this is a little silly, but take a listen. And if you want to talk about Trump, if you really want to talk about Trump, why don't you go ask him if he's going to get on a debate stage in Iowa where I was voting? Why don't you go ask him if he's going to get on a debate stage in New Hampshire yeah, no, where Granite good. Staters are voting? That's what you should be asking as the media, not asking about what he happened to say today. But Donald Trump, why should he debate? I mean, I, I would like to see him debate. I'd like to see him in those different debates. But if you really look at it, he has such... An unbelievable lead, as we just talked about. I mean, these are skyrocketing numbers. He has gone up, if you look at from like year to year, and within the last three or four months, uh, he has gone up 10, 20 points in some cases. And yet the others are sort of just staying flat. Nikki Haley, as I mentioned, going up in New Hampshire, that is interesting to watch, but still a wide difference between her and Trump. And they're all like, why isn't he debating? Well, you know darn well, if they were in their, his position, they wouldn't debate either. They'd go, forget it. He has nothing to win and only to lose by debating with them. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alfred in Queens. Alfred, I know you want to talk about the migrants. Go ahead. Merry Christmas. You too. Four, four things. I'm against artificial intelligence, congested pricing, and uh, or, or, uh, uh, electric vehicles, that's number one. Two, Abbott, congratulations to him for passing the bill, but he should have also says close the border and guard it with the uh, National Guard, the FBI, local police, and uh, any other sources he could. And also... Um, uh, yeah, I said about. By, by, uh, by the way, you bring up a good point about the National Guard because you're right. He should, but remember when he tried to put those buoys there? Uh, then he got. Then they took him to court for the buoys. So you know they're going to. You know they're going to file an appeal on this and say, "Oh no, no, no! It's federal authority." But I think Adam, you know, I think uh, Abbott makes a great point, saying, "You know what? You've relinquished your authority because you haven't done anything." I, I actually think it's brilliant. I wish more states would do the same and say, you know what, it's time to take it into our own hands because the federal government is doing squat. This federal government is doing squat. Uh, let's go to Johnny, line four. Johnny, your thoughts about all this, how dangerous this border is. Rita, you got me out of bed because I didn't want to talk to you again. I met you at the Columbus Day Parade. I sang for you. Oh, Johnny, I remember. I'm so glad. Thank you for calling in. Let's say, let's make believe this Buon Natale comes from uh, the capital of Puglia region in Italy. Buon Natale and Buon Anno. Buon Anno. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Now, 
Okay, I got so much to share with you, but you know, it's a little rough to get on the on the radio, but it's okay. I'm retired. I got time. But anyway, so I have to tell you this because it's such a point that makes sense. My two cousins in the late 50s jumped ships, right? And came came here to the United States. I mean, came to Brooklyn. And eventually they were, they were looked, uh, uh, the, the law was, asked, was looking for them because they jumped ship. So eventually they were hiding. They got some jobs because some people helped them out. Some people were, you know, squealing you. Anyway, they got married after they were 20 years old. They had to get married in order to be here. So they, they married two wonderful women, two, two sisters, and the two cousins married the two sisters. So and what's your point, them, Johnny? What's your point? Yeah. Well, look, look, look at look what the people had to do years ago. They were hiding in order to stay here and in order to become citizen and be permanent resident. They had to get married in order not to be sent back. Right. And now look at how easy. Let me let me ask you to your point, Johnny, because you're right. I mean, my parents, when they came here, my parents, I'm first generation American, Johnny. My my dad's Polish. My mother's Danish. Uh, it took them yeah. um, uh, six years to become American citizens. I mean, yeah, and, me too. Yeah, me long too. time, yeah, long time. Do you resent when you see how these other people just kind of come here and take advantage of the that. system? I would love to help them if they came the proper way. I don't know me who too. they are. By the way, me too. I me came, too. I have to be checked. They go back seven generations for us before we come here. And then you let any scum of the earth in there. We don't know who they are. I mean, I don't understand it. Uh, we, we all kind of brainwashed, but we know what's going on. And all these people, they think it's such a, we got such a leader in the White House. It's not. It's not because no one lets a criminal in. Nobody lets an, a, a, an immigrant that's not checked into the country. That's a traitor. And that's the, the only thing that I can say about a person like that. How could you be a soldier and depend uh, on, on the action of this person in charge? How could you be? I could, I could, in order to be to love and to serve your country, you have to believe in the person that guides you. He's your, your boss, he's your father, he's your big brother. You look up to him. How can people really, when I see the people in uniforms, I said, what do you think about it? I feel bad, you know, because I put them on the spot, but he says, you know, they say, what do you got to do? You know, the, I guess they're in debt to serve the time that they, they uh, you know, they, they wanted to volunteer, whatever they do in their career, so they got to stick up with, with it. But it's not right. And all these people, they think so, that, that Trump is so bad. How could, how could it be? What, what does that have to say that is so good about what we got right now? You got about about everything now. You can I go agree. Anyplace. By the way, Johnny, and I, I hear what you're saying, too, because... I think, uh, and I'm all for, as you are too, legal immigration, vet people, those who qualify, uh, those who have done all the things that are correct, that are not a threat to the homeland. Absolutely. That's that's what this great country is about. Uh, your background, my parents' background, um, but not having any restrictions, not having any vetting is insane. And just like you said, to be the American president, it's shocking to me to hear an American president who doesn't seem concerned about the incredible danger a wide-open border is to our country, the dangers, the lack of vetting, um, you know, and, and, and it's irreversible. That's the problem, too. It's not like even if you shut the, you know, you plug the hole and you close the border tomorrow, there's still about 10 million people who got in here illegally, and we don't know who they are, and they haven't been vetted. They haven't been checked. 
And and that's really catastrophic that we will feel the repercussions of this for decades, no matter what. Uh, obviously, we want to plug it as quick as we can. Um, but you're right. It is. It is to me. It's unconscionable. I, I I told you the story I had with a friend of mine who I saw about two weeks ago, guy friend overseas, and he said, "What is going on with your country? You have a president who's letting everybody in. We would never do that in our country." He just was shocked. He couldn't believe. He said, what is happening? America used to be the city on the hill that everybody would like look up to and be the leaders in the world and and couldn't wait to come to America. And it was so hard to become a citizen and it was so valued. And now you're you're throwing it away. He was really sad for our country. And it saddened me to hear that because I think there are a lot of people that feel that way because of the way this president's handled it. Uh, Johnny, thank you. And I look forward to seeing you at the parade uh, and other great places again, Johnny. You're terrific. Thank you very, very much. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And President Trump is dominating the GOP field. Some new numbers showing him going up and up and up as Biden is losing support, even among Democrats. And when people ask about immigration, He gets like a 30% approval rating on that because people are finally starting to smell the roses and look at the images that we have all been watching now for the last three years and saying this is just too darn dangerous, especially for an American president to be doing something like this. It is a disaster. Let's go to Susan, line two. Susan, uh, your thoughts about the president? Well, my thoughts about the president is that Uh, The main thing they should be impeaching him for, which is the low-hanging fruit. I mean, this by, you know, the Hunter Biden, uh, which we already have, they have all the receipts uh, uh, about the uh, funds that were, you know, funneled through the whole Biden family, including to Joe Biden. But that's just a rabbit hole. It is very low-hanging fruit if they just, And this is according to Mark Levin. Don't listen to me, little Susan here, because he's a constitutional expert. Yes, he is. He says that the immigration issue is cut and dry, that Biden has um, uh, not uphold the Constitution. It is very cut and dry. The American people see it now, are feeling it, and the danger. Now, I heard, and I think it was Gordon Chang, Maybe you even recall this because I heard it on this station that he said 100,000 Chinese nationals, they believe, could be more or less, have crossed the border uh, through, you know, the Biden open border, illegal open border, uh, that uh, that's like 10 military units of, of the U of us. That's like. 10,000 is a military unit. They have 10 military units in this country 
that and these are not families coming over. You know, there's a lot of great, you know, Chinese immigrants. No, but you know uh, what? And you know what, Susan? It is. You're, I, I was talking to Gordon. I remember Gordon telling me um, on the air, you're exactly right, that there are these well-dressed guys with suitcases coming across the border. What are they doing here? Um, and also, it comes at a time when the numbers are skyrocketing of Syrians, Lebanese, Iranians uh, coming through our border. One million people. That's how many people go blind each year. That's a staggering number. Hi, I'm Randall Lavolio, President and CEO of Sea International. By the end of this year, one million men, women, and children will have gone blind. 285 million people worldwide are visually impaired, and 90% of them live in developing countries. Here's an even more sobering fact. Every 60 seconds, somewhere in the world, a child goes blind. They will live their lives unable to see the beautiful world around them if they don't get the treatment they need. Yet 80% of all these cases could have been prevented or treated. The only thing they lack is access to proper eye care. Sea International is a Santa Barbara-based nonprofit dedicated to getting them that care. All it takes is about $100 to restore someone's sight and transform their life forever. For more information, go to our website at seainternational.org.